Welcome to Be More Super, the podcast. Up in the sky, it's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. An action-packed podcast where we'll discuss all things entertainment. You're the answer to are we alone in the universe? Conventions, prop collecting, cosplay, interviews, reviews, and so much more. The show starts with host Brian Gardner right now. It must be so satisfying because obviously you've put your heart and soul into a character and um, all of these people behind it. So so let's let's talk about the tool that you have, which is your voice. And I know that singers like Shirley Bassey and Tom Jones have had surgery over the years because of the strain of the voice. Um, I know people pop some vocal zones and, and, and stuff stuff like that. What is your routine to keep your voice supple and ready for recording? And has your voice had, um, you know, any struggles over the years? We will talk about your book because I want to talk about that because I think it's, I think it's astonishing and fan- fantastic fantastic but the wear wear and tear of your voice over the years um has it had any wear and tear and how do you manage your voice now ready for recording yes um well it has as you can imagine uh my background before i really uh, got involved in animation uh was uh, music rock and roll primarily and my parents as i said were very supportive and I and my desire to perform rock and roll music, and they were very smart. They said, look, you can listen to as much Led Zeppelin, Beatles, The Who, Emerson, Lake, and Palmer, whatever, as you want, Stones. But you also have to listen to Shostakovich and Prokofiev and and, um, W.C. and the Gershwins and Johnny Mercer and Frank Sinatra, Shirley Bassey. Tom Jones was a huge star over here in, in the 60s and 70s. Um, and because they were very smart, I not only developed a deep love of all kinds of music, but I was inspired to learn to read music. Mm-hmm. So I read music. Again, I did it because it made my soul happy, and I wanted to know how people like Puccini got Turandote down on paper in the same way that Lennon and McCartney got that stuff down. You know what I mean? It, it's just a, yeah. a deeply interesting thing that, that was hundreds of years old. Uh, and little did I know, again, that learning to read music at 17, 18, 19, 20 years old was going to put me in a really great spot at 35 because Warner Brothers can say, wait a minute, can you read music? Oh, yeah. And you can sing in character? Sure. So you can read music, sing in character, come in here, knock this out in a couple of takes and save us money. Sure. Boom. You're our guy. Um, And that's how that works. But uh, in terms of tearing up my voice, yeah, singing uh, the immigrant song or, or, uh, you know, brown sugar night after night in a smoky bar tears (laughs) up your voice. But I'm not a smoker. Um, I was not a pot smoker. Um, I didn't have to be because standing, you know, in a nightclub in those days, you could cut the, the smoke with a knife. Um, but I knew when it was time to take a break. Mm. When I had, uh, you know, as a nightclub act, you pretty much go from uh, you're usually Tuesday through Sunday night. You get Monday off like a like a live theater. 
Monday's dark. So when I had a Monday off, uh, my bandmates were kind enough to not allow, not have me into practice. They would practice their chops and they would depend on me to know the lyrics at the right time and the right key changes. Um, even though I was resting my voice and it worked. Uh, when I got to work in LA, uh, obviously I'd pull out all the stops to get a job and I was confronted more than once. In fact, it was a project that was a uniquely British one. It was a, an animated version of a, of a, an English comic book called Dan Dare pilot of the future. Yeah. Um, and it was an all British cast, <laughs> save for yours truly. It was Greg Ellis, uh, Julian Sands, uh, Tim Curry. Um, oh gosh, uh, Julian Holloway, whose father was Stan Holloway, who created the role of Professor Henry Higgins in My Fair Lady uh, in England. All right. So I, all these people are my uh, Clive Revel wonderful British actors who all became my friends. And Greg, I talked to the other day and Tim Curry, I think about a year ago. Um, anyway, the character that I auditioned for was a character, a bad guy called the, the Mekon. And I came up with, a, with a, a soul and a character for the voice. And it required that I squeeze my voice in such a fashion that worked beautifully for the character but was pretty bloody rough on my vocal cords. Wow. And yeah. so I did the character and I auditioned for it. And I get a call from my agent going, wow, you, you blew him away. You're the only uh, colonist in the cast. Congratulations. You get to work with your friends who are all Brits. And I was having a ball. <laughs> so I got the job. And the first thing I thought of was after I did that audition, Brian, I had a bit of a problem when I went home because I blew my voice out. Not not damaged it, mm. but uh, wow. So I got the job and I thought, well, now what do I do? I, I certainly want to do it. But what I did is what I tell other young folks to do is go to the producers and say, okay, here's the truth. The truth is that I don't think I can keep this thing up uh, for two or three hours um, at a time. Mm. And it didn't bother them. They said, okay, so what do we do? I said, what we do if it, pardon me, if it works for you guys, is I will read in my character uh, in my own voice or a, a, a sort of um, tweaked version of the character so I don't hurt myself. And then when we get everybody done, they can all go home and I'll go back and read it, you know, and, and really nail it. And then everybody will be happy, but I won't have had to do it, you know, three or four times yeah. for three or four hours. Uh, so how does that sound? Great. Now, nothing ever happened with the show. I think we did 13 episodes. It just didn't happen, but it wasn't because I couldn't do my job. It was, it was because, you know, sometimes you have a hit, sometimes you don't, but the producers were very receptive to that. In fact, one of the things they said at the beginning was, wow, does that hurt? And it didn't hurt, <laughs> but it wore me out. Um, yeah. So I have a couple of characters like that. I did a character I just loved on a show called Fairly Odd Parents for Nickelodeon. Who is this alien surfer dude called Mark Chang from Yugopotamia? 
and everything he says, bro, is balls out. And I'm good for about an hour and a half. And then yeah. I got a break. So the producers knew that. And when Mark showed up in an episode, they give me, you know, they'd give me a couple of options and I would hammer it. And then I was done. Uh, and they would allow me to record on a Friday so I could have Saturday and Sunday to recover. So there are all sorts of ways to do that. In the meantime, I drink a ton of water. You see me drinking it and I'm always drinking it. Um, I am very cognizant of which characters are particularly onerous on my voice. And I adjust my recording schedule accordingly with the people on the other side of the equation who are very kind and very willing to work with me and not just me, young actors who don't have the same uh, resume that I have because they're 28 years old, they can't. But it, it's never wrong to go to the people who have hired you to say, look, I really wanna do this at the level you guys expect. Uh, but from a practical aspect, I need to have a little help. So before this gets to be a problem, let's, let's talk about how I can best serve you. And everybody's fine with that. So that's what I do. Um, but uh, as you've been kind to allude to, that's different than getting clobbered with throat cancer. And, and that yes. could happen a bit later in my life. So that was a bit of a, of a curveball. Yeah, so I was going to chat about your book, which is uh, called Voice Lessons, um, which uh, looks fantas fantastic, and it's a bit like a memoir, I presume. Uh, don't worry, I will be I will be buying a copy. Don't you no worry. No problem. <laughs> and obviously, in 2016, you was hit with something that literally not only it's career stopping but also life life stopping if you could just give the uh, the audience out there a bit of an insight of what actually happened to you in 2016 thank you so much that is the best part of our chat because we never know brian when your kindness in allowing me to have this opportunity will inspire someone else who had no idea either who i am or what I'm about, and it doesn't matter. But if they hear that this guy, whom they've grown up listening to, had throat cancer a few years ago, and he's now back doing his job at the same high level, that that will help someone whom they love say, oh my God, Uncle John, this guy, you didn't, you know, you didn't know that this is who, he, but this guy had the same kind of cancer you've been diagnosed with, and he's okay, and he makes his living doing this. You, you got to hear this guy. Okay, that's why this is important. And I really, mm. really cannot thank you enough for this opportunity. Um, but yeah, five, five years ago? Yeah, Jesus. Uh, right at this time, uh, I had uh, a lump on the left side of my neck that was, uh, if I'd put your hand on it, you'd say, whoa, dude. It wasn't a goiter, but you could have felt it. Um, I am an athlete. Uh, you know, hockey player, not a professional, but I'm always in good shape. I work out all that stuff like a millions of people. So typically as a guy, unless something is hanging off or I'm bleeding profusely, I generally don't go to the doctor except for my yearly physical. So that was the case here. I'd had this lump for months, checked it out online. It could have been cancer. It also could have been a low grade infection. And that's what I chose to believe. Didn't hurt didn't keep me from doing my job. I wasn't tired. 
had no trouble eating, all of that. I wasn't losing weight. Uh, so I went to my doctor for my yearly physical. I said, what do you think about this? And five seconds, he said, no, I don't think so. That's not good, Rob. And I thought he was messing mm. with me. And he said, no, that's, that's not good. Um, I need you to go see an ear, nose, and throat doc yesterday. And so I did. And within about 10 days, after several biopsies and a lot of chats and blood tests and all that, it was uh, found to be stage three metastatic squamous cell carcinoma. It was at the base of my tongue. The area that I'd felt in my neck was the area to which the cancer had already spread. So it was not good. Um, however, it was not something that could not be treated effectively uh, if I got on it. And I was told that it was a relatively slow moving cancer. And when I was told what the treatment regimen would be and that, Mr. Paulson, we're virtually sure we can cure you, not remission, cure you. But before we do, we almost have to kill you. It's, it's pretty rough. It's your mouth, your throat, and what we're doing now. It's going to render you unable to, you know, do certain things for a while, not permanently. But it's tough. Um, and, and fortunately, it's a slow-moving cancer. It is staged three. It is already spread. Uh, but we, we've got this, but you got to get on it. So once I heard that and once I read a little bit, I thought, okay, well, let me ask some more questions, which I utterly encourage people to do. They're never a, a stupid question and a wrong time to ask it. Um, I said, well, I'm 60. What do you mean by slow moving? Uh, can I keep this at bay? And then, you know, at 82 years old, I'm kind of done. And they said, oh, no, no, no. Slow moving means that we've got it now. Year and a half, two years from now, you're going to really be in distress. And four years from now, you'll be dead. So uh, you and I would not have been having this conversation because I would have been dead for wow. a year. Um, so I said, oh, okay, that's what you mean by slow moving. So I jumped in, my wife, my son, who's married uh, and, and obviously there for me in ways that I could never thank enough, thank them enough for. Um, but it was all about, okay, put your head down and deal with it. Uh, I was told we're going to be able to cure you. You're going to be fine. You will be able to speak. Can you do it and manipulate your voice the same way you used to? I don't know. But frankly and respectfully, our job is not to save your career. That's your business. Our job is to save your life. And whatever happens after that is also your business. Um, uh, and so I didn't take, I didn't feel bad about it. I didn't think, oh my God, why me? Couldn't I have gotten toe cancer? I didn't look at it that way. <laughs> yeah. No one gets out of here without a couple of dings, Brian. Nobody. Yeah. You know people have had cancer. You, I'm so sorry. You may know people who've lost, you've lost to it. Uh, I'm no different. Um, even if the doctors had said to me, um, you better get your things in order and go home. We'll keep you, we'll keep you comfortable, but it's, you're done. The treatment is useless. You're going to feel worse and you're going to die anyway. 
and and that's not what they told me. But even if they had, mm. I was six. You were kind enough to list, you know, my my credits, my background, my awards, all that stuff. I've been married to the same woman for thirty years. I have a wonderful son who's married and healthy. I've been able to touch millions of people, including your sweet baby. How yes. wonderful! How happy am I? I had nothing about which to be sad. Nothing. Mm. Uh, but that's not what they told me. They said it's going to be hard, and you have to suck it up a little bit, but not as hard as having to go through it with your child, not as hard as getting a phone call about your five-year-old who has a brain tumor who they don't think is going to see their seventh birthday, and that happens every single day mm. in the U.K. and in the U.S. Yeah. Right now, someone is getting that phone call. God forbid. Mm. Um, so all I had to do was get through it. And not only did I get through it, I'm able to do my job at the same level as I was before. And now I don't have a circumstance in which people say, man, Rob Paulson sure sounds good as Pinky for a guy uh, that had throat cancer a couple of years ago and a pile of radiation and chemo and he lost 50 pounds and got some side effects. But wow, he sounds pretty good for a guy who had cancer. No one says that because I didn't tell him. Yeah. They know now, but what they say is, wow, Mr. Spielberg was right. Rob hasn't lost a step, and they don't even know that I had cancer. That's the story. That's the story in terms of helping others. And you, my friend, have given me another glorious opportunity to access this platinum lining of my cancer experience because Animaniacs is a hit again. That's great. I'm getting paid. I'm loving it. But the bottom line is that because I had throat cancer, Brian, because you're kind enough to let me talk about it, because I have a book and because I can point to characters that people love all over the world that were great 25 years ago and they're great now post-cancer. What an opportunity to help people and inspire them. That's why this is important, and I really appreciate you asking me. And what was the experience like writing that book, looking back on 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 your experience, you know, through the good and the bad, and now, you know, you're you're revived, you're 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 back to doing what you do best. I mean, what was that experience like, sitting down and actually putting pen to paper? Well, I I have to give all the credit, and. It's not false modesty. Um, the credit goes to Mike Fleeman, my co-writer. He really wrote the book. Um, I didn't realize because, I, like I said, I'm good at my job, but I'm smart enough now to know what I'm not smart at. And that's why I love asking questions. And I'm mm. always, I, I never, never, never want to lose that ability to be uh, enchanted or to be amazed to say, wow, check this out. Yeah, I know. Oh, yeah, but check this out. Well, Rob, you're really excited. Yeah, but I've never seen this. This is great, right? I don't want to lose that. Um, when my friend Mike started creating the way in which we're going to tell my story, I thought, this is genius. He's going to incorporate my characters talking to me about cancer and me breaking the news to Pinky in Pinky's voice on the audio version that, I've got cancer. And how does Pinky respond to that? And I had to think about that. It was a, and it turned out to be a wonderful way to tell the story. Uh, 
So it was both enervating and invigorating, but also difficult to go over it, uh, to kind of be sadly grateful that my parents weren't alive to, to watch me go through that. It would have mm. killed them, no pun intended. It would have. It would mm. kill me if I had to watch my sweet boy go through that. I don't care how old he gets. He's yeah. 36 now. But if, at, if I'm still around when he's 60, I don't want to watch my, my baby boy go through that. Mm. It's horrible. Um, and so there was a lot that was difficult to recount when I was in that mindset and in the moment of going to sleep for two, three days at a time and just waking up, waking up to take more pain medication. Mm. Um, and, and having those moments thinking, oh my God, I can't even, I can't even embrace getting through this the next day. And they're talking about doing Animaniacs again? Who am I kidding? That, that was really hard uh, on a personal note. But my buddy, Mike Fleeman, found a really wonderful way to tell my story. It's powerful. It has nothing to do with Rob being a celebrity. It is about the joy that those characters elicit in, in millions of people every day. But in my case, they elicited the joy and the laughter I needed to get through it. And I never knew that, that, that those characters, and moreover, seeing what happens when I start doing Pinky to my new friend Ryan. Look what happens to your face. <laughs> yeah. When I know that that happens to millions of people, it really allowed me, seriously, authentically true, to have the courage to press on because there were times when I thought I can't pardon me. I can't fucking do this another day mm. really hard. And it is for thousands of people who go through it. Yeah. But I had the benefit of being reminded what, what lives right here and right here, not only in me, but millions of other people. Mm. And um, if I couldn't get through it then knowing with knowing the joy uh, and laughter that was, that I had at, at, you know, to call up at any moment, then I was never going to get through it. And it was the public and, and, the, and knowing what those characters are about that gave me, seriously, honest to God, gospel truth, gave me the juice to get through it. 100% true. And now I get to thank people. I get to go back and say, thank you for listening to Pinky. Thank you for Raphael and... And, and thank you for paying attention. It's not about money. It's not about ratings. It's not about an autograph. It is about a pure expression of joy and laughter and kindness and inclusion. And it turns out, Brian, that all those qualities, like love, come from the most unexpected places. And, and I'm a living example of it. And I, I cannot tell you how much I appreciate the opportunity to to share that whole experience. It's fantastic. Uh, 
you know what? It's just fascinating, and I, I'm I'm so glad that you you battled with it and you made it yeah. do one and go away. Yeah. And um, you know, as you said, there are people out there that are suffering. Um, yes. But I've got to say, you know, your shows and your 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 voices are going to bring joy to many many people. Uh, and you know what? You need to contact Steven Spielberg uh, because I just had a thought in my head. Wouldn't it be wonderful to do like a biopic film? of you rob and then have animation mixed with live action and you know those character characters are in your mind and you're having well, that conversation with I, yourself we through. have a video now of you you know intellectual property You're there the we go idea thank you very much brian i well i think we should call it pinky and the brian nerve um <laughs> uh well that is profoundly kind of you and you know what i have learned never to say never because for years after animaniacs became an unqualified success around the world and i had sung for maybe the 300th time united states canada mexico panama haiti jamaica peru and every time i sing it with music without people lose their minds yeah and it's of my friend Randy Rogel and his incredible songwriting skill. That is a genius two and a half minute cartoon. It really is. Um, but I've learned, but people would say after that, you know, at interviews or autograph signings, oh my God, you know, I've heard they're rebooting certain. Can you imagine what would happen if Animaniacs was rebooted? What do you think? Do you think that's possible? And I thought, nah, it's, we've been there. We've done that. Um, we're on to other things and it will always be something that changed my life for the better, but I'm on to other stuff and thank God for things like Hulu and Netflix where we can watch things like, you know, all at once and all Animaniacs are available, like just like Ninja Turtles and all these other shows I've worked on. They're all available on YouTube or wherever. I'm so grateful. Thank you for, for saying that, but I don't think that's going to happen. Well, <laughs> do you know what? Little I know. So I never, ever will say never again. And I really, firstly, thank you for this opportunity, but thank you for thinking that that story is worthy of Mr. Spielberg and telling it. And that's very kind of you, awesome. Brian. Who knows? Who knows? Rob, listen, you've been a great guest. I'm going to uh, shut the interview down because I, I, you know what, I know that you're a very busy man and I don't want to take any much more of your precious time. But you know what, Rob, yeah. it's been an absolute pleasure and an honour and uh, this is definitely going to be a tick off my bucket list uh, of interviews that I've had. And do you know what, I could chat to you for hours about yeah. about loads, loads of things. To be honest, I, I, you know, I've got about 40 odd questions left because I thought, do you know what, we'll see how it goes. But do you know what? I'll let you get on with your day. It's been a fantastic opportunity. All the best for the future. Uh, and your book is available everywhere. Um, so I urge everyone to uh, grab a lovely uh, copy of the book. What is next for you before uh, we wrap this interview? What are you doing at the moment? Can you say, or is it all top secret? I can. I, um, well, we're, we just were picked up for our third season of Animaniacs on Hulu. Awesome. We haven't even aired the second one yet, so that portends good things. Um, I am, fingers crossed, plan on being in hopefully two different conventions in the UK 
uh, wow. either late this year or early next year, uh, once we get through COVIDCon. Uh, and to find out about those things, people can follow me on social media on Twitter at Yakko Pinky, all one word, lowercase, Y-A-K-K-O-P-I-N-K-Y on Twitter, Yakko Pinky. Uh, Instagram is Rob underscore Paulson, P-A-U-L-S-E-N. TikTok, Rob Paulson, 311. That's my birthday. Uh, Facebook, Rob Paulson, voice actor. Um, and I had a very successful podcast that I've kind of put on hold for the last couple of years called Talkin' Tunes, T-A-L-K-I-N, apostrophe, T-O-O-N-S, all the old episodes of which are available on um, Spotify. But I literally, this week, apart from your kind uh, chat, have been interviewing uh, or chatting with five different podcast networks about bringing it back. So awesome. it's coming back and I'm so excited about it and it's really good not because of me, but because I can call on my phone. I can call Mark Hamill or Jim Cummings, who's Winnie the Pooh, or Bart, you know, Simpson, who's Nancy Cartwright. And that's what we did, and people love it. So that's coming back. Um, and I have so much cool stuff that's going on, both in person, autographing things online. I have technology now where people can send me their favorite action figure or their favorite Ninja Turtle pillowcase from 1990 and I can sign it for them online so uh, to authenticate it. So check that out on my social media stuff. There's lots of cool stuff coming. But I want to give you something. What is your sweet baby girl's name? Cara. It's Cara and Lois. Cara oh, and Lois. And they both like Animaniacs? They do. Okay, okay. So this is how we're going to end the show. So this is for Kara and Lois. Hello, Kara and Lois. Greetings from the water tower. Yakko is going to sing you a brand new verse of Yakko's world where all the new countries that have sprung up since the original was written. And you've seen me sing that. But here is a new lyric, which includes the new countries. And this is for my new friends, Brian and your mommy, and Kara and Lois. Well, not Brian's mommy, but Kara. You see what I... Well, her mommy, all of you. Okay? Here it goes. And it goes like this. It goes, ahem. Montenegro and Bosnia, Herzegovina, the Soviet Union is gone. South Africa, Georgia, Moldova, Latvia, Belarus, Azerbaijan. Uzbekistan, hey. Kazakhstan, hey. Then the Tajikistan too. Hey, hey. Turkmenistan, hey. Kurdistan. Armenia, Tonga, Palu, Lithuania, Serbia, Kosovo, U.S., Samoa, the Balkans, Brunei, Macau, and Crimea, then Eritrea. Ukraine and Estonia, here's Macedonia, New Caledonia, Eastern Slavonia, Ivory Coast and Cape Verde, Andorra, the Solomon Islands, Dubai. Goodbye. You've been listening to Be More Super, the podcast. It was kind of a crazy, fun experience. I love the show, guys. You're awesome. Listen, my whole family loves it, man. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to hit the subscribe button and share with your super friends. In my world, it means hope.